us accomplish our purposes as a church. First of all, that through this building, that everyone who comes to this, these, these front doors would have would be inspired to have a heart for God. Number two, it is our prayer and desire that through this building, that people will be instructed in the Word of God. Our design for this building is this building would encompass adult growth groups, Sunday school classes, Bible studies, discipling, and eventually what we pray will be a five-day-a-week Bible institute for training servant leaders for, for the work of the ministry there. Thirdly, we want this building to, to include people in a loving church family. We believe our adult growth groups will help accomplish that. As people come into the church, they find their place of fellowship and camaraderie with people just like themselves through the adult growth groups. I want to encourage you as a church member as a church attendee, that maybe through this video you'll decide that this you're going to find one or more ministries that you'll get involved with for this church. I'm excited about the new nursery, the toddlers, and kindergarten room, and an opportunity for families just to get their kids plugged in at that very basic level. And perhaps that God would raise up a future preacher and future pastors through the, through the kindergarten department just because a little child got inspired and instructed through the Word of God through a teacher. Finally, we believe that this building will help us accomplish God's great purpose of impacting this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, we've only just begun. I believe the best days are still ahead of our church. But my question for you is, will you continue to follow the faith of your pastor? Will you continue to follow the vision of God? Will you decide you're committed all the way in and not just one foot in? Would you decide because of this evening's grand opening that this church is God's church and you love God's church and you love God? I want to tell you tonight, I love you. I thank God for you. I believe the best days are ahead in terms of what we'll see accomplished here. And I want to encourage you to do more than you've ever done before for the glory of God. Let's celebrate tonight. Let's rejoice in it. And let's remind ourselves that the Lord gave us this building, that this is a great opportunity for us to glorify Him and please Him for what's happening here. Let's give God the glory tonight and let's rejoice in all that God has done. God bless you tonight. All right, let's stand and take our Bibles. The book of Numbers, chapter 13. I have a few minutes. I want to say something. Then we're going to go to the, the ribbon cutting and uh, let you tour the building. Numbers, chapter 13. Thank you for being here tonight. Numbers, chapter 13. If you'll look around you and share your Bible with uh, someone here this evening that doesn't have a Bible, that will be a blessing. Numbers 13 and verse 30 is our theme verse. And I just want to take a couple thoughts this evening from what we've started with this year and kind of bring you to where we're at this evening. Numbers 13, I like to read verses 25 to 33. If you'll listen very carefully and follow us this evening, we pray that the Lord will encourage your heart as my heart has been encouraged. Numbers 13, verse 25. Actually, let's do this so we can have some participation. We'll do like we did this morning. I'm going to read the odd number of verses. Would you read the even number of verses? Okay, all together, I'll read the odd number of verses. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. Congregation, verse 26. To Kadesh. And brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Congregation, nevertheless, the people. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. Congregation? 
But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we wore in their sight. Our 2018 theme is just one word, believe. I believe. But tonight, what started off as just a vision nurtured by faith. This evening, believe and see. Believe and see. Now, Father, bless your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight is another historical moment, a milestone in Heritage Baptist Church. We've had quite a few of those. We've had quite a few. We would go back and reminisce for a few minutes about what God has done. We've had many, many great milestones. What started out in 2007 as being improbable is tonight another official reality. To the glory of God, in a moment or two, we'll be dedicating the new Berean Center to the Lord. Tonight I'm preaching from our theme verse, but taking us beyond the word believe. And I want us to notice this evening how Caleb and Josh, and I alluded a little bit to it this morning, how Caleb and Josh not only believed, but they believed and they were able to see. And tonight, if you've had faith in this project, and you've had faith in God, and you've had faith in what God is doing to the process, this evening we're going to believe and we're going to see. Would you notice very quickly tonight three things? Notice, first of all, in verses 31 to 33, we see the pessimism. We see this project did not start off with everyone being excited and enthused about what they were going to do. God had promised this land called Canaan, a vast amount of land, for God to work in the hearts of the children of Israel to occupy it. And they sent some, they sent some men out to survey the land. And when they went to survey the land, they were to come back and give a report of what they saw. They wanted, uh, Moses wanted to come back and talk about what did you see in terms of produce? What did you see in terms of vegetation? What did you see in terms of the landscape? What did you see in terms of the people? Just come back and give us a report. They were supposed to come back and give a report, but not give their opinion about the report. God had already promised the land. All they had to do is trust Him and believe Him for what happened, to, what, what they were going to see, what they were, would come back with the report. But they went out there. If you'll notice verse 31, the Bible says of the 12 men that went out, 10, which represented the majority, came back and gave what I'm going to call a pessimistic report. Now, pessimistic report is a negative report, is not seeing the same thing and the, the, as the leader would see. And the Bible says in verse 31, the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And then in verse 33, they made an interesting comparison. They were so scared. They were so frightened. They were so intimidated. They felt like they were so over their head by this project of going to possess the land, going and possessing raw land, going and taking over cities that were inhabited. This is their description of how they saw things. And we saw the giants. Now, the Bible uses a word to describe these giants. They were called Rephiums. Rephiums is the word giants. 
all of the Canaanite, uh, all of those who were Canaanite by nature were giants, uh, uh, giants in stature. I talked about this morning about a man by the name of Og. You find him repeatedly mentioned throughout the book of Deuteronomy. Now, Og was a, was a, was a, uh, if you would, is an ancestor of Goliath who we know about when we think about David and Goliath. And Og, the Bible tells us, he had a bed that was made out of iron that was 13 feet in length and 6 feet in breadth. This was a very big man. If his bed was 13 feet in length, the likelihood this man could have been as tall as 11 feet in, in, in height. Just a big man. In fact, the name Og means a long neck. So this was a big man. And uh, they, they saw these giants there, and they were just men of normal stature like us, men that perhaps if the average height of an Israelite man was in the six feet range, you can imagine a man that was 10 feet tall, 11 feet tall, someone towering over you by three, four, five feet. That is a very, very tall man. That's a giant. And they looked there, and they looked at these cities, they looked at what they had, and this is their description in verse 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And notice this description. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. They had what I, I call grasshopper thinking. They were thinking like we, in comparison, is like grasshoppers in comparison to these giants. They were thinking what I call with grasshopper thinking. Grasshopper thinking is discouraging. Grasshopper thinking causes division. Grasshopper's thinking says we cannot and we should not. Grasshopper thinking sees giants and not Jesus. Grasshopper thinking sees obstacles and not opportunities. Grasshopper thinking sees problems, not possibilities. Grasshopper thinking sees risks, but not rewards. Grasshopper thinking sees gloom and not God. Grasshopper thinking is pessimistic thinking. They didn't, they didn't remember the promise of God. They did not remember that God was with them. They did not remember that God was going to give them what He said He would give them. All they thought about, we are grasshoppers in comparison to these giants. Solomon said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Pessimism never builds anything. Pessimism has no vision. Pessimism never goes forward. Pessimism and faith cannot coexist. Pessimism and vision cannot coexist. Pessimism does not work. It does not try. It does not move. Pessimism says we cannot, we should not, and we will not. The ten spies said we are not able. What a terrible way to start a project with a pessimistic spirit. And it might be tonight... That still, in some hearts, there's just some sense of pessimism. Will we pay off the debt? Will we get this done? Will we be able to fill up the rooms? Will we be able to do this? Will we be able to do that? I remind you tonight, you can walk into the building and have this attitude, one of two attitudes. You're going to say, we be not able, or you're going to say like Caleb, Caleb, we are able. We are able. We're capable of doing it because of God. We see the pessimism, but notice quickly, we see the persuasion. Notice Caleb's thought about this, this, this commentary on this project in verse 30. Caleb and Joshua saw the very same thing as the other ten spies. But Caleb came back with a truthful report. Caleb came back with a triumphant report. Caleb said in verse 30, the following, which you notice, Caleb stilled the people before Moses. He said, okay, y'all, be quiet. You need to be quiet right now. Hush, be quiet. I want you to see something. He stilled the people and he said, let us go up at once and possess it. In other words, we don't have time. Let's do it right now. Let's go up at once and possess it. Notice what he said here. For we are well able to overcome it. He was saying here, 
He was persuaded <coughs> that it could be done. He was persuaded it would be done. In fact, he said, let's just go right now and get it done because it can be done. Now, Caleb and Joshua had a spirit that said, we are well able. They saw God open that Red Sea and the children of Israel cross through. They were there on the night of the, when, the, when the Passover was instituted and how God preserved his people as the death angel passed over every Israelite. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle. In fact, preceding this incident, they watched God provide them water out of a rock. And they saw God provide them manna from heaven every day except for the Sabbath day. They said, God can get it done. Caleb and Joshua were persuaded. Men that are persuaded, women that are persuaded, a congregation that's persuaded are people that have faith. They had not faith in themselves. They didn't have faith just in Moses. They had faith in the living God. They had faith in a God who was on His throne. And they believed His word that He was more than able to do that. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God, that's talking about prayer, he that cometh to God, notice this next phrase, must believe that he is. In other words, you don't believe that God was, you don't believe that God will be, you believe that God is, he always is. God is able, God is greater, God is mighty, God is for us, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is still blessing faith. God has blessed the faith of the members of Heritage Baptist Church. God is. God is in this project. God was in this Heritage Center project. God was in this past project of the Brian Center. And may I declare to you tonight, God has been with this church since day one, and God is still with this church even right now. God is for us, brother and sister in Christ. God is for this church. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How should he not with him also freely give us all things? God is for your marriage. God is for you raising your children. God is for you to be a part of the adult growth groups. God is for you to be a member of Heritage Baptist Church. By the way, God is for you to go to heaven. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone to spend eternity in hell. God wants every single person to go to heaven. Why? Because God loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants you to be in His will. God wants you to have success the Bible way. Not the Joel Austin way, but the Bible way. God wants you to understand He is alive, and God is well, and God is much interested in what you're, what, what's going on in your life and mine. God is still answering prayer. God is still building His church. God is still changing lives. You might say tonight, Pastor Fong has the same persuasion that Caleb and Joshua have. I'm persuaded that God is. I'm persuaded that God blesses faith. I'm persuaded that it's by faith things get accomplished and things get done. Faith is what sustained Abraham and Sarah for the birth of the promised son by the name of Isaac. The Bible says when their bodies were passed dead, Abraham was a hundred years old and Sarah was ninety years old. They were, their bodies were passed dead. They were past the childbearing age. The Bible blessed that Sarah was able to conceive and she brought forth the son at the exact time that God said that son would be born. Faith is how the Red Sea was opened for Moses and Israel. Faith is how Joshua crossed the Jordan River. Faith is how Elijah prayed for the rain to stop and for the rain to come back again three years later. Faith is how David took down the giant Goliath. Faith is how Daniel survived being thrown into a lion's den. Hey, listen to this. 
faith is a little boy that came to a to came to a beachside setting where Jesus was teaching and they were looking for food to feed the multitudes at the end of the day. And a little boy had faith and five little crackers and two little anchovy fishes. And he said, well, Jesus is looking for some food. He can have my lunch basket. He can have my little snack. And he got his faith was rewarded because Jesus looked up to heaven and he blessed those five loaves and he blessed those two fishes and thousands were fed. And then there were 12 baskets taken up of the leftovers. God blessed the faith of a widow woman. As rich people came and dropped their expensive coins into the cylinder in which they received all the funds. And she dropped in her two little copper pennies, which made just a little tinkle sound. And Jesus said, great is the faith of that woman. They gave of much, but she gave of her all. God is interested in blessing faith. Faith is all about the Bible. Faith is about the Christian life. Faith is how we live. We walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. Abraham was strong in faith, not doubting the promises of God. Faith is how Heritage Baptist Church got started. By faith we were persuaded that God would build a church. By faith we were persuaded that God would give us location. We got to the place in 2001 where the people where we rented space in East Oakland in a, in a no-class building told us we had to leave. They gave us six months to leave. We had no place to go. I personally know I called over a hundred locations. I called community centers. I called churches. I called for lease places. I called everything I could think of. I called different locations. I even called dance halls, if you can imagine that, to see if we can get a place to, 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 to rent. Nobody opened up to us. Now we're in the middle of November of that same year. We had six weeks before we had to vacate the premises we were at. Very discouraging situation. Driving across Doolittle Boulevard. As I was on there, I saw a lease sign that I passed many times. And I passed that lease sign. And now there's an energy group over there on Doolittle Boulevard. And I, I just thought, well, I'll just call the man and ask him what's going on. And I called him and told him while I was on the car what was going on and what we needed. And, he, and you know the story if you've been a member of the church. This man laughed at us. And he said, oh, Brother Fong or Mr. Fong, I don't even know why you're asking. The city of San Leandro doesn't like churches. And I thought, well, that's a good way to start a conversation. Amen. And he then went on and said this, but I know a building, a church is looking for someone to share with them. And my mind of that was, oh boy, we're just coming out of a shared situation. I don't think the pastor and the rest of men, I don't think any of us are going to be interested in sharing again. And my mind of that was a small little church and probably barely seated 100 people. And we were running about 150 to 180 at that time. I thought we wouldn't even fit there. And he told us location. He said, why don't you go see the people at 2960 Merced Street? And I said, I know that location. Those of you who know your San Leandro history, remember, this was the old welding training school. That original building was the original training school, the original training center, the union hall where they met. That old, Remember that old metallic fellowship hall we had, or that metal building there that was our fellowship hall that we thought was a great building? I'm glad it's gone, by the way. Amen? I'm glad it's gone, okay? But remember that building? That's where they trained them. This is where our visitor parking was before. And I remember calling Pastor Ed Kang, who was the pastor of the Berkeley Baptist Church, which owned this property. I told him about our need and what was going on. And this is what Pastor Kang said. I'll never forget this. He said, Brother Fong, God must have led you to call us. Because last night, past midnight, I was praying with my deacons about what to do with this property. He said, we left this property over a year before. We went back to the Oakland-Berkeley border because that's where we, we, we've, we've built our ministry reaching students at UC Berkeley. 
We left it here with the families, few families here and a, a Korean speaking contingent that was here. But we've been carrying on the debt on this and it's just too much. We've exhausted all of our resources. We have no more surplus. We can't go any more months like this. We've got to do something about it. We believe God has led you guys to us. And our, our, our team, our leadership team met with their leadership team the day before Thanksgiving. My memory serves right. If my, if my memory, if I recall right. And we just, it just, God brought a camaraderie together. They had paperwork ready. We signed off the paperwork. And there on January, January 1st of 2002, if I'm, my memory serves right, I think it was 2002, we came in as, as co-tenants of this building. Six months later, they said, hey, would you like to buy it? And you know the answer, being Baptist and broke. We said, of course we'd like to buy it. Amen. And we're just thankful tonight that the Lord... By faith has led us along the way. In 2007, they told us we could not build on this. We had a three-phase expansion program. This was phase one. That would be phase two. And the other building would be phase three. They said, we won't let you build. And, and I remember our, our Jim Bickle and myself and, and uh, Brother Ken Jung, who, was, who was, was, was alive at that time, we tried every way we could to just t- convince them. They said no to that. And uh, as feeling very defeated, I got up and the Baptist side of me wanted to argue with them and fight with them. But there was the side of me that said, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I just said, you know what, I don't agree with you, but I'm going to pray for you. I didn't say much to mu- much of the church. I didn't say much to the deacons, anyone there, just committed to prayer. Six months later to the day on a Thursday afternoon, the same building department called us back up and says, we rethought our process. We're going to let you build, not three phases, but two. And praise the Lord, phase number two is what you're going to walk into tonight. Amen? Faith is how we've gotten there. Faith is how we acquired this property. Faith is how the funds have been raised for the for phase one and phase two. Without faith, we're failures. Without faith, churches cannot grow and lives cannot be changed. Without faith, we have a vision with no power. Without faith, churches are not started and missions cannot go forward. Without faith, nothing great happens for God and for you and me. And by the way, faith is believing. And by the way, without faith, you cannot be saved. Without faith, you can't get to heaven. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. The nobleman whose son was at the point of death told Jesus, I believe, and his son was healed. The Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was under satanic control told Jesus, I believe, and her daughter was set free. Blind Bartimaeus, who was born blind, sat on the roadside as Jesus would make his way into, uh, into Jericho. And he cried out to Jesus. And there he said to Jesus, I believe, and he got his sight. You know, thank you, congregation, for believing in God and believing in His promises and being able to see into the future and believing and seeing we can what we're giving to is going to be for the future and for the next generation of the children growing up and the teenagers growing up and seeing what God is able to do. I just say tonight, there was a persuasion that these people had. And tonight I'm persuaded there's more God wants us to do. And I'm persuaded that God wants us to fill up that building. Amen? And I'm persuaded that God wants us to get that building paid off. And I'm persuaded that God wants to use you and use me to advance His cause. And I'm persuaded tonight, if you're here as a visitor or guest, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you cannot say that you're 100% sure you're going to heaven, tonight, I want to assure you, you can be sure. And I want to assure you tonight, you can be saved, and you can know for sure you're going to heaven, by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Caleb and Joshua said, I believe. Now fast forward from number 13. We're almost done. Fast forward with me. Now we're going back to where I preached this morning from Joshua chapter 11, about 45 years later. 45 years later, Joshua's conquering the land. In fact, Joshua chapter 12 tells us he conquered 31 cities and kings. And there's part of that conquering. He remembered the sons of Anak. 
We've got to pass through that territory, he said. Remember those Anakims, they were the giants. It was those same sons of Anak, the Anakims, that caused them to lose out and be set back for 45, for 40 years. And now 45 years later, they're conquering and they're making progress. And he says, you know what? We've got to take care of business. I believe back there 45 years ago we could conquer them. And I still believe today that we can conquer them. And guess what? God blessed the faith of Josh and Caleb. And they conquered those Anakims. They conquered those giants. And they decided they can be done. They were persuaded in their heart that God would use that for His glory. And He did. And notice they were telling the Israelites, as we possess the land, there are no giants between you and God. I'm just saying tonight, yes, there could be pessimism, but thank the Lord tonight that there's persuasion. Let's be persuaded in our heart. This evening, it's all about the Lord. Let's be persuaded in our heart. It's all about what God blesses. God honors faith, and faith honors God. Finally, tonight, what you notice, we see the pessimism. We see the persuasion. What you notice tonight, the real reason why we're here, and that's the purpose. Our purpose is to believe and to see. Now, we're going to encourage you to take a self-guided tour. And for those of you who want a tour, I'll just kind of meet you at the front. Those of you who want to do that, we'll do it in about maybe three or four tours for anyone who wants to do it. Otherwise, you can do self-guided. But as I've walked around the building, I want you to understand with me that as you enter that building, the assimilation process, the bringing of somebody into the church, that they stick it out with the church, begins right there at the visitor center when they walk in. Everything has been well thought out and carefully thought out. There's more we'll be adding to the church. As you walk through there, you'll notice there's a two-story building that there's an elevator there to help help us help those who perhaps are a little bit slower in walking or need some assistance. They can take the elevator to go up instead of taking the stairs. You'll go through there and you'll turn the corner. You'll see the nursery for the infants, the toddler room for the toddlers. You'll see the kindergarten room for the kindergarten children. You'll see a place where there's a counter there where it's safe for safety purposes. You can transfer your children to us to watch them during that time when you're in the adult growth groups and when you're in the morning service. And our workers will be trained to help encourage your kids and get them to get a heart for God. And throughout that building, there will be rooms set aside. There's about 13 other rooms that will be set aside for adult growth groups, for Sunday school, for the purpose of helping you to, to make some friends in church and be taught the Word of God and to grow in your faith and become a disciple of Jesus Christ. I mean, it's going to be a great building for the purpose of, for the first time in our history, having a number of classrooms that are laid out where we can have we can seat a good number of people for that. And right now, we're in a very good situation. We have more rooms to fill uh, right now then we have classes to start. And that's a good situation. I hope we'll cross over that point where we'll have, uh, we'll have more classes started and functions going on there. But we want you to understand the purpose of that building is for our spiritual growth. The, the Berean Center is built to give us additional capacity for growth. It's built to help us start more classes. It's built for, more, for this modern nursery, toddler, and kindergarten spacing. It's built for discipleship purposes. It's built to develop more spiritual leaders who can help us take the church to a new level. It's, being bu- it's been built to help us see more people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It is built to glorify God. That building does not have a man's name on it, nor will it have a man's name on it. It's not built for any man. It's not named after some man. It's, it's, it's given to the glory of God. It's to God's honor and glory that building was built there, and it's going to continue to be like that. That building is God's building. Let's give God the glory tonight. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. We still need to pay it off. We thank the Lord that it's been carefully managed. 
We didn't have to tap all $5 million of our construction loan, but we still have debt that needs to be paid off. And we want you to get behind it, church. We want you to get behind the 1K offering and other offerings that we have. We want you to respond to the special offering request. We need, as Dr. Ouellette said so aptly, we need to fill the building. We need to finance the building. We want to make sure that this building glorifies the Lord. We want to make sure that we use it to its maximum. Let's bring people who will enroll in the AGGs starting next Sunday. Let's bring people who will see what the Lord's done. Let's make sure our neighbors around San Leandro and the surrounding cities know what's God, what God's doing here. Bring your family and bring your friends here and bring your associates here to see what God's doing here. Help them to see the purpose of this building is that God is glorified. Lives are being changed. Tonight, we're going to rejoice. This evening, we're going to give God the glory. Tonight, we're going to magnify the Lord. We're going to have a wonderful time tonight celebrating this new building, the Berean Center. May I say this evening, take a moment to thank those who've had a part, but make sure beyond all that, you take a moment to say, God, thank you today for giving us that building and the opportunity to get involved, to do more than I've ever done before. Now tonight, if you're here, you do not know God's Son, Jesus Christ as Savior. Through this service, I can't think of a better evening, a more monumental and historic evening than tonight if God's been tugging at your heart about where you're going to spend eternity. And God's tugging at your heart about whether or not you're saved and whether or not your sins are forgiven. Tonight, I want to tell you about a God in heaven who loves you and a God in heaven who will wash away all your sins and forgive you of all your sins. You don't have to be part of a religion. You don't have to be a member of a church. You don't have to get under the water and be baptized. You don't have to go through a set of rituals. You don't have to climb a bunch of steps. No, you don't need to do all that. Simply tonight, it's not about what you have to do. It's about what He's already done for you. It's completed and done. Christ died on the cross for your sins and mine. The transaction was paid in full. What you and I need to do, and you need to do tonight, is exercise faith and say, I call on the Lord to save me from my sins. This past Thursday night, we had our teen outreach. A lady came, she got a flyer from one of our, somebody in our church. A lady came, sat right back to where our ushers are. She was kind of standing back there. My wife and I were coming in and out. We came and just started talking with this lady. We were thankful for the privilege of talking to her. She brought her niece who was down from Stockton to get involved with the teen. The teen challenge was here on Thursday night. As we got to talking to the lady, we could tell that there was just a lot of burdens on her heart. And I asked the lady the question. I said, ma'am, I said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure, pastor, what is that? I said, now you've been in church and you've been religious and all that, but how sure are you about going to heaven if this was your last day on earth? And a tear came to her eye and she said, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. She said, I'd like to know for sure. And I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I asked her this question. I said, well, how much do you have to do to be sure? And she said, that's a good question. And I said, what would you say if I told you it's not about what you could do, but what's already been done for you? And the grace of God is love that we don't deserve. And the grace of God is what God has done for you and for me when Jesus Christ Died on the cross for all our sins. And he rose again from the dead three days later. I explained that to the lady. I said, can you think of any reason tonight why you shouldn't get saved? Why you shouldn't get Jesus as your Savior? You know, she said, Pastor Fong, I can't think of any reason. In fact, right now, I'm getting kind of antsy. Can, what do we need to do? What do I need to do? How do I exercise faith to get saved? And there my wife and I were praying with this lady. And there this lady, she called on the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Touched my life as she started praying, asking God Christ to save her. She stopped for just a moment and she teared up and she said, God, I'm a sinner. Would you forgive me? She just teared up and started weeping during her prayer because she knew she'd been in religion. She'd been in church, but she'd never gotten saved. The greatest thing you could do for yourself is to get saved tonight. Get Jesus Christ in your heart. That's Christ to be your Savior. In a moment, we'll show you how you can do that and be saved this evening. But tonight, church... We're going to dismiss in just a few moments. We're going to go outside. 
the deacons and the staff men will meet me behind the, the ribbon. And there we're going to have a prayer dedication for the building. And when we do that, we're going to cut the ribbon. We're going to give thanks to God. And then we're going to open it up so that you can see the buildings. Many of you have already will be part of the adult growth group. Some of you are kind of deciding where you're going to go. We want you to visit those rooms. I want you to meet with the teachers, figure what it's all about. And we'll help you through that. But tonight, before we do that, I'm going to give an invitation right where you're seated. Nobody has to come forward to do anything. But right where you're seated. If you're not sure if you're saved, if you're not sure that heaven's your home, I'm going to help you tonight so how you can make that sure. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Would you do that with me tonight? Now, tonight, if the Lord's spoken to you, you know you're a sinner. Sin has to be punished by God. But the good news is God punished His Son, Jesus Christ, for your sins and mine. Jesus died on the cross. He took your punishment and mine on the cross. The good news is Jesus is not dead. He's alive. He rose again from the dead three days later. We call that Easter. And God offers to you the gift, no strings attached, the gift of eternal life. And right where you're seated... You can call on the Lord to save you. You can pray a prayer just like that lady did. You can pray a prayer just like this right where you're seated. You can pray this. Dear God, I confess today I am a sinner who needs to be saved. I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died for all my sins and rose again from the dead. By faith, I take Jesus now into my life to be my Savior, my Lord, and my best friend. Thank you tonight for the gift of eternal life and from saving me from all my sins. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer tonight, here's what I'd like you to do. Do something different. Come see me in private. I'll be kind of roaming around the building. Or Brother Denny, come see us tonight. And would you just share with us tonight, if you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus to save you, we have a book we want to give you to help encourage you in your walk of faith and give you assurance tonight. If you prayed that with a sincere heart, according to God's word, he did save you from your sins and that heaven will be your home. And for the rest of us here tonight, would you ask the Lord to put in your heart to be committed, to be involved, to help us to win people to Christ and help use this building to fill that building up for God's glory. Lord, tonight, we're humbled this evening from everything we've heard and what we've seen. And God, tonight, it's been a dream up until now. But tonight, we officially open the doors of the Heritage Center, of the Berean Center, so that our members and our congregation could share in this wonderful evening. Lord, there may be people tonight, good people this evening, who receive the grace of God and receive Jesus Christ, their Savior. Give them that assurance in their heart that they're saved and going to heaven. And then, Lord, those who are already saved and living for Christ, I pray tonight that you'll do something great in their hearts as they enjoy just being in the courtyard, being in the building, and seeing all that you've done. Lord, we have to say to you be the glory. We want you to be honored this evening. It was by faith the funds were raised. It was by faith we approved the plans. It was by faith we trusted, Lord, that this process would get us to this point. And now we give you glory and praise for this. This evening, Lord, be magnified in every heart. And we'll thank you for what will go on today and the days to come. We pray all of these things in the blessed, precious, wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people say, Amen. All right, let me give you some instructions. We're doing really good on time. I'm going to give you some instructions real quickly about what we're going to do next. This is the uh, the time we're going to go do the... Um,
We're going to walk through the Berean Center. So let me give you a few words of instruction just for safety purposes. Now, tonight we're having refreshments that we serve in the courtyard, right, right out these doors here, underneath the overhang that connects the two buildings. There will be refreshments there. Please be reminded, do not bring any beverages or food into the Berean Center. Please do not bring any food in there. Everything's new. We want to ha- have you enjoy just eating outside, out in the courtyard there. The food will be there. It'll be warm, and uh, there'll be beverages, and there'll be food there. So help yourself to that, if you would, either before or after you do your tour. Uh, there are restrooms in the building. We'd like to ask that you refrain from using the restrooms. They're functional. We'd like to just ask if you refrain from using them tonight. We have first floor, second floor restrooms. We're restrooms here in this building as well as in the original building. So please help us tonight. And please remind your children, if you have children with you, not to use them. Um, I'm asking all the parents if you, if you could help us do a favor. Children get excited when they're together and they get more space to run around. And we'd like to ask that you have your children stay with you. Parents, please have your children with you. If we see children unaccompanied by their parents, I'm going to have to ask those children to wait outside. We want them with you. So please, parents, help us tonight. We want the children to be with the parents. Young people here tonight, make sure you're with your parents. I, you know, you get excited and people start running and we don't want anyone getting injured or hurt or someone who's got a mobility challenges. We want, we don't want them getting run over and things like this. So children, please, and parents, please keep your children with you. Um, if you have children in our nursery, be sure you go over there tonight first to get your children. For those who go inside the nursery, and we like to kind of keep it restricted mainly to mothers going in there. For dads, you can go inside, but please, especially for young people, do not play with the nursery toys or equipment. You can, you can inspect it, take a look at it, but please don't play with it if you would. And then try to help us tonight, young people, if they're running in the courtyard or in the Berean Center if you can. For all those who have strollers, we'd like to ask you to keep your strollers inside here in the Heritage Center. If you have babies, please carry your babies inside there. But please keep the strollers inside here, inside, it's not the Berean Center, inside here, the Heritage Center. You'll keep them in here. You can come back and reclaim them later on there. Um, use the main entrance and going in. There's side entrance, but please help us out. We'd like to go through the main entrance and just see the visitor center. And again, for those who want a guided tour later on, I'll be kind of around there to give you a guided tour and just to kind of explain how the flow of the building works and what we're doing in there and so forth there. Um, the elevators, try if you can. The elevators are really for use for those who need assistance with, with, with it. The rest of you can use the stairs just to get a feel for the building. Uh, please make sure that, ladies, especially if you have pumps or spikes on your shoes, please be very careful as you go up the stairs. There's a little edging on all the stairs. We want you to be very careful. Take your time. Hold on to the banisters, if you would, just for safety purposes. That would be great. Uh, please don't touch anything. I hate to give you all these rules, but we have to give these rules. Please don't touch any AV equipment, thermostats, or anything with knobs and buttons. If you do that, one of those things like that. Amen? So please don't do that, if you would, please. Okay? But beyond all that, let's have a great time tonight. Let's give God the glory. So I'm going to ask the deacons, if you can, deacons and the staff, men, if you'll, you'll dismiss yourself. My wife and I will go out there. Honey, if you could just go out there right in the moment. We're going to be there. Why don't you give yourselves about two minutes for everyone to get their place, and then just come outside and assemble, if you would, around the courtyard or by the front door as we get ready for the prayer of dedication and the ribbon cutting. So give us about two minutes to get settled there. If you'll join us here, it'll be a wonderful time. And let's have a great evening this evening. Amen?